Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today continuing our conversation from last episode it's nick bombacino so nick i forced us i wanted to end last episode because you were talking about the songs and we were we were talking about the rules it seemed like it seemed like you were about to yeah, talk the about rules the rules of the of world the song. um uh, it's yeah it's 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 hard to to talk totally about the rules of the music without referencing season four so i'm just going to break the space-time continuum and be a little bit omniscient and talk about it with that knowledge it's we 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 learn for sure after sort of suspecting that these musical numbers are happening in her head and they represent moments that are actually happening in difficult conversations and it's how she processes her emotions because she was a theater kid and you know so you get that in a very literal sense when you know the first time she sees josh she hears the i'm in love little chorus from Mm -hmm. i'm in love with a wonderful guy you know from uh corneas kansas in august in in the um camp in her camp mm-hmm. um but it's you know so we do learn eventually that all of these musical numbers happen in her head and there is it's like it's not magical realism because we're not expected to believe that these musical numbers are actually happening but then of course like, i don't yeah i'm not going to talk about it because it's season four so i'm, I'm not going to go well, where i wanted to go uh, but anyway well yes what i was going to say one of the rules that they kind of set up in the first four episodes is that all the songs, if Rebecca's not singing them, she's present. She's there. Exactly. She's there. It's yeah. not until episode five when Daryl sings, I love my daughter, but not in a creepy way. She's not there. So they're breaking their, right. they're, they're breaking off. I will say, I don't say, I don't want to say they're breaking the rule. I'm saying they're breaking off from the, established rule would be like we are expanding because right. now we're turning this more into a music a musical right where is she in that song i forget she's not there at all um, he's yeah. in no i know he's at home he's baseball base, game uh the home base one of the established places yeah. uh to talk about I I wrote down uh I love my daughter but not uh, after uh I love my daughter but not a creepy name I just wrote enough said because that's the whole song Daryl's songs are so weird because he has that yeah. he has getting by which yeah mm, and then he has yeah. uh is this the one where he, he sings having a few people over I don't know yeah yeah, yeah. that's such a fun weird little moment. But to go back to what we said also last episode is that what I like about this, the songs, is that um, everyone sings any genre. It's not like they established Daryl has pop, Rebecca sings show tunes, Paula sings heavy metal. Like it's whatever is needed for that moment. Yeah. And it's fun to see the versatility of some of these performers because you've got Valencia, whose first song is the yoga instructor, mm. which is so funny. Um, and then I think, I mean, I like the song much more is her girl power song where she's singing with a guitar um, and like assembling all the women. Um, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Women Gotta Stick Together. Yeah, which, it's which just so fun. It's so, because what, what's great, what I also really love about this show as a whole and you know this season you see it but like later seasons they expand more is that the lyrics are so smart yeah it's a very intelligent show um yeah that's what i was saying about the jokes they're simple but they're so clever that it's like it's you know there isn't a lot of effort you know it's very it's very easy like even though uh women gotta stick together valencia is singing about women power and all that she's being 
catty and mean yeah, to other super women. shady yeah yeah it's i mean it's like you know yeah it's a the library is open situation for sure um what i and oh yeah, yeah go ahead i was gonna say there i mean talking about the humor because this shows up in both the like the actual i was gonna say the book but like in the in the script and in the music um in that they're just they're very good at the throwaway joke which i really like that kind of humor and it's because especially at the time like i feel like all the you know a lot of humors went the way of like family guy where it was like a cutaway joke you know which are fun satisfying it's great but like a cutaway joke is not a throwaway joke and a throwaway joke is a lot of fun because it's a, it's almost an aside, you know, it's like a joke that nobody else processes, but we get, you know, it's like the audience gets them. Um, and they have those in the songs too, which is a lot of fun. They also, um, what I also like about this season is that they have them at the end of the episode as like a little tag. Oh yeah. The buttons. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I had forgotten about vampire weekend and like, I was watching that and I chuckled out loud at that. I totally forgotten that, that, that it actually had that button. And it was funny in, in the episode, the joke that she made, but then it was just like, it was so satisfying and so, so simple and just, that's it. So like, um, what's so really cute. fascinating is that they have a throwaway joke or a like running gag throughout in some episodes that is so it's so dumb but then you actually see it at the end like um uh what's a good one oh uh so in episode three where we're introduced to young rebecca um and they sing i have friends and all that uh at the end of the episode rebecca has a conversation with her 12 year old self yeah (laughs) about her boobs (laughs) yeah yeah and then the the uh she's mustache girl, girl with mustache owes me three dollars or whatever that was yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah no i was trying to think of what else i wrote i mean it's like the the show has so many fun especially for like our generation referential songs and stuff like because you have the Katy perry kissed a girl song um which is which is fun but it's not you know it doesn't sound exactly like it but like the music video is shot that way um and yeah i don't know face my fears might be like my favorite song in the whole show but most of paula's are up there anyway what i like in that they also establish in this season that they then do later on is that uh they go for more uh quality versus quantity of songs yes and and then what they do is that they'll turn like settle for him the music is played a lot throughout and it kind of turns into greg's greg and rebecca's theme song in a way but they're not singing it it's just uh, um non-diegetic music for us the audience to understand and it's not even i don't know i in some instances i don't know if that's in rebecca's head or not yeah but sometimes who knows that's up for debate who knows yeah um yeah because they do play with that world and that convention because we do have those people who are singing songs when she's not there but then even um, in like the first episode, they right. introduce the reprise. Yeah. So so you'll get, rep- you're like, oh, there's going to be a lot of reprises. This reprise? Reprise. Either. Okay. I mean, I think it's reprise is the verb and a reprise is the noun. Cool. So there's a lot of reprises hap- go- yeah. that are going to happen because we get West Covina, the song that Rebecca sings, which yeah. is so bonkers. Yeah. Um, and but then uh it comes back. It comes back later with her and Paula, and then it's mm-hmm. uh and again it later. Her and, Josh. her and Josh. Yeah, where yeah. If fo- but like what I like about that is that it follows the same joke in a way, where in the yeah. she won't say that she's in love with Josh, she'll be like in love with west covina Vina. yes do you think there are songs this season or moments this season that you're like this could have been a song or this shouldn't have been one um well there was one interesting moment where 
I think they cut a song and I think they cut it's it's almost it was almost too much for just a little button joke but it was when they had um when Paulo was in the hotel with um what's his name yes Um, the the, the, yes the client the lawyer yeah the client um well I forget what his name is but anyway um and at the, as a button of that episode, Calvin. we see him singing the se- yes, Calvin. Um, we see Calvin singing the "Sexy Gonna Do It" song, which is a reprise of the "Sexy Sexy Getting Ready" song. And it's only for like a couple bars, um, but it's almost like I feel like that was a moment that they were going to have in the episode that they cut, um, and then yes. tacked onto the end. Um, so. But I don't know. I mean, what what should have been a song that wasn't? Well, yeah. So that's mm. that's also some of those post episode tags that happen. The button, yeah, where you can tell, and this is throughout the series, you could tell that it was like it was cut, and they didn't know where right. they it didn't fully tell the story. But there was like a funny moment that they were like, maybe if we put it at the end, it'll be funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. There was, I, I just, I do have to share this because I was like listening to the music with this, but because I, I, um, I have poor planning skills and I, and I remember I, I said that I thought that there were eight episodes and I found out that there were 18. So I actually ended up watching a lot of it on one and a half speed huh? on huh? Netflix. I know, <laughs> which, you know, it's like, it's, it's not too fast to process, but it was, you know. It's it was funny like in the dialogue I kind of got used to it but in the songs it was really funny because it was like like it just like sped up <laughs> a lot it was really funny um so I don't know that was I wish everybody could hear it that way um yeah I'm trying to think of what my one of oh yeah so we also it's interesting what well, I don't I don't know if I would say that stuff from the show hasn't necessarily hasn't aged well. But there are definitely some things, you know, where it's like there's a little bit of, a, you know, cultural appropriation going on in different in different ways and in different. But it's like, where do you draw that line with parody of this kind of a nature? But then, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, well, so one thing but, that I was. I didn't understand with casting. Uh, so we we get a lot of cameos this season, too. And yeah to go to dream ghosts the one i promised myself i would not talk about the entire episode uh they that has some stunt casting as well because the dr okopian leads the song but then there's uh amber riley and ricky lake as her backup singers but they're clearly doing dream girls with that song and so i was just like ricky lake (laughs) uh this isn't around the time that the move that hairspray movie came out so i was just like right. why ricky lake yeah what a, it's a strong choice um like jet battle but like it's also it's it was just it's that's such a brilliantly written song um it's got one of the best jokes in this in the season where she's like she's you know i think audra levine says it um and she's, you know, she's in a flow, and at the end, she ends it with, um, you know, because because you're tripping like birthright, and it's just like that's funny. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of humor stuff, but like that's, it's like you want a minute to like just sit with that, but it just like goes on right away. But it's it's so funny, and it's you know, I don't know, it's great. So we haven't talked about Trent yet. So oh god, which is painful, but yes. So Trent is a is a recurring character that went to school with Rebecca. I'm still unclear about that one. Where they contact him to be a fake boyfriend for her, and then he just yeah. turns into a stalker and will will never leave her. But like and blackmails her and yeah. yeah. But um, uh, he has some songs that are reprises, but it's like the Trent version of it. Yeah. Um where is the oh the uh dear Rebecca Nora Bunch, a letter that he writes oh, to her. It's so funny, and she slams the door in his face. Yeah. Which it's... is the parody of Dear uh Joshua yeah. Felix Joshua Chan. Felix Chan. Yeah. But Trent Trent. Trent is a is a weird character that's very well written. <laughs> I have yeah. to say. Because like 
when we're introduced to him, you're like, oh, this, if this is your first time watching it, you're like, oh, this is a very sane, put together character in a yeah. otherwise cuckoo bananas world. And then it turns out, no, he's actually very insane. Yeah. Well, it's interesting his the role that he plays in the overall picture because he's doing the same things that Rebecca's doing um in a different way and but it's like it's it's kind of like perspective in a way because she you know has this terrible visceral visceral reaction to him and the fact that he's stalking her i mean he she doesn't stalk or blackmail josh of course but like the being in love with and moving and you know and like tricking mm-hmm. people you know it's like he's he's doing a lot of the same kinds of of things in that sense but she you know so it's like but she doesn't see that you know what i mean and it's it's just like it's so it's interesting that um that we get him and that we get her there would be a moment for some sort of self-reflection but it just doesn't you know click because he is painted as a villain you know and he is a villain i'm not saying he, he isn't or he shouldn't be but it's like if you were if if this what store story wasn't being told by rebecca rebecca would be a crazy villain too you know um you're and like at least rebecca learns and grows from whatever the issue was that episode i gotta say binging this is probably not the smartest thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) it is a lot um but I have Especially to, on one and a half speed. Um, I have to say, I think they saved the best cameo for the last episode, which was Leah Salonga. Salonga. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Leah Salonga. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was an excellent choice. Um, Where she's, and, and, and they were like, hey, you get to sing the non-Disney Disney song, which is called One Indescribable Instant, which that one, this song is so different from everything else that we've witnessed this season because it's not a character driven song it's just right. a song it also you know i mean it like it just gives you nostalgia um especially if you grew up with those songs because it's like it's such a specific reference to because it is like disney non disney but it's almost more specific than that because it like it it just reminds you specifically it reminds me specifically of things like never ending story and um that like this this uh Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella mm-hmm. and like i got a little bit what's the other movie thumbelina vibes yeah yeah it's it's like it because it is yeah it's a nondescript disney song but it's like it's very specifically i feel like it's referencing those like last unicorn and like you know mm-hmm. it's like those kind of niche because it is supposed to be a niche movie and i think that that's super smart because like she, nobody else knows the reference and then all of a sudden sh- you know lay song is up there singing the song at the end of the episode for her you know because it's it's just so funny which I kind of um, wish they introduced this song earlier in the season. Well, they, yeah, but I mean, they introduced it at the beginning of the episode. Right, um, but it, it, it I right. feel like if, if, if it was a throwaway line earlier in the season where it's like, oh, I loved Slumbered, which is right. the name yeah. of the movie. But like, oh, it's like, oh, Slumbered made me want to go to camp. That's all I, I feel like that's all I really needed because all of a sudden we're introduced to this very important thing in Rebecca's life in the last episode of the first season. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. And it would be, it would be, those are one of the things where it's like, I'd love to talk to the writers or writer's room, you know, situation about that, because it's like, when you have a show like this, usually they've written most of the first ep- the first season before it gets picked up, or at least you have it kind of sketched out. But obviously things change as the show is being shot. So it's like what episodes get written, what gets changed, you know, because and there's only so much that you can do to like retroactively edit stuff back in. So it's like, you know, if you think of something, you know, because but because they're also shooting you know you're you don't necessarily shoot sequentially um i don't know how they shot this show because you know i because it, it was it was straight to net no it was on tv right it was on uh, it on 
whatever it was called, the CW. Right. I can't remember what it was called yeah. at the time. But because it, and like, I don't know how it was shot. If it was shot like, you know, they're shooting the first six episodes, then that, you know, because then you shoot them out of order, of course. So you can shoot, you know, an entire, you know, you can on the same day shoot episode one and episode, you know, 17 um, or like bits from that, you know, based on location. So like, I, I'm curious if this show was shot and written that way or if it was more sequential um, because, you know, that sort of does smack of an idea where it's like they had it really late or it's like we need some kind of a button. So it's like, well, here's an idea. Um, Plus they had to write the songs. It's not like... Right. It's not like they had to rearrange, you know, already existing songs to make a jukebox yeah. musical. They had to work the song. I, I wonder, I wonder if they wrote the scripts out without music first and then figured out where to pluck in the songs, like how some musicals are written. You know what right. I mean? And I mean, you know, it's tough because that's such a personal you know, like that answer changes based on what team you ask and who you ask, because some people, you know, especially if you've got somebody who's more writing lyrics and somebody else who's more writing, you know, music, that's when you get like book by and music by or book and lyrics. So then usually the person who's writing the music sets the lyrics to music. And that's what I'm doing in the show that I'm writing right now. I'm setting music to lyrics, but like some people, it, it depends on if you start with a story or if you start with a concept probably because it's like if i know i'm writing a musical or a musical script then it's like i know i'm writing with songs in mind versus if i'm writing out a script and a story and then being like okay what moments can work as a musical um so it, it looks like rachel bloom and aileen brosh mckenna wrote the first they are the credited writers for the first three episodes yeah. Obviously they and had a hand to other it. people. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, not chief. It's yeah, I mean I'm sure it was this was a writer's room. But like yeah. Um yeah, and then you see the next episode I'm I'm looking at the list right now, but the next episode you see that they wrote was episode 12. Yeah, which is uh oh, yeah, which is the group hang right. one where they're start- No, that this is this is a song with group hang where they're but they're starting to Oh, right get Josh and Rebecca back together. Um, And then there's like, what's really fascinating. And this really only happens. Nope. This happens a lot. This happens, but like, this is the first time in the show um, 12 episodes later where they have like an overarching storyline for like a couple of episodes. Yeah. So like, we learn in this one about the water in West Covina being weird. And then it goes, it bleeds into the next episode. It's really interesting. Cause then like, it's sometimes not important until it needs to be, but this yeah. one, this one, they used it as like a way to uh, not only show off Rebecca's Rebecca knows how to work, <laughs> knows how to lawyer, but like, <laughs> Right. Also, she gets to have time with Josh. Ooh. Right. Ooh. To go back to a, a question I, I asked you earlier about, like, mm-hmm. I still don't know how I feel about I Love My Daughter, but not in a creepy way. Like, I get it. It's yeah. supposed to be a bad song. It's supposed to be cringy and everything. But, like, could they have done it in a different way? <laughs> Personal, Personally. I don't know. I mean, because it is, that's the whole thing is that it is, it's cringy, but it's honest. You know, because it's, it is, it's, it, yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, it's like, he does love her, but not in a creepy way. But it, what he's doing is a little creepy. But like, it's not, you know, it's like, he doesn't actually love her in a creepy way. What I also like, like about... It's a little creepy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What I yeah. also like about a lot of Rebecca's songs. So even though... um we said that they don't establish a genre per character. I feel like the tone of Rebecca's songs are always talking about how uh, society treats women. Yeah. As two men, let's talk about this. (laughs) Yeah. Let's discuss this. No, it's true. That, that is. Cause like we have like other women don't necessarily get similar songs is, is like, like Paula's songs, for example, are not always about that. She's got the face your fears. 
She's got the song about how his status is preferred. She's got she the gets, Roses Turn song. She gets more um, motherly, adulty yeah. songs. Yeah, and she's, then, she's the mother. And then Josh doesn't really get a lot to sing this season, it feels like. Yeah, he has a few, but they're all he, kind of cheeky. Yeah, they're all they're all fun. And then but the one that I want I really want to talk about is put yourself first. Which yeah. <laughs> is when they're at the camp. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know if this is the throwaway moments like you were talking about earlier, but like a lot of Rebecca's lines she has spoken dialogue while the girl while teen girls are yeah. singing about about how you should put yourself first, but also like it's not really for you. It's for him. It's gonna be for right. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like put on the you know, put on heels, you know. I forget what the exact line is, but it's something about heels and you know, and she asks like, So I'm supposed to wear painful shoes for you know for myself. You know, but, but yeah. then they also make it funny by saying, Yeah, uh, wear fake eyelids. Yeah. Is that is that really a thing? Yes. And then they move on. <laughs> like that, yeah, that's exactly what I mean with like the little throwaway jokes where they like don't necessarily build to anything, but they they're just satisfying little things that get tossed out. Overall, I have to say this is a very strong first season of a show, especially it, is. it really is tackling different issues like mental health, um, love. Yeah. Um, I think what the show does really successfully too, is there are a lot of shows that like stretch out the story for the sake of stretching out a story. And you can kind of, at least for me, there are some times where I see that in a show and it's like, the character wouldn't do this, you know? And it's like, I know it's not my character. I know I didn't write the show, blah, blah, blah. But like, based on what you showed of this character, this action is unwarranted and is just obviously to throw a wrench in the work so you can have a cliffhanger. But this show doesn't do that. I mean, it does crazy things and throws the wrenches in the works, but it's like all justified and motivated. You know, it's like the story gets complicated and turns on its head and, you know, makes you kind of cringe in place. You know, it's like, it's all that stuff, but it's all, it's all justified and motivated and earned. I think. I think, Um, I, I think what this season proves is that, like the show is showing you the growth of the characters or the, and I'm going to make up a word. You ready? The degrowth of a character because Josh first episode, Josh, and then last episode, Josh are very different Josh's because somewhere. And I don't remember where in this season he becomes an idiot, (laughs) but like, more and more of an idiot and then that becomes also a gag it does and you know it it is one of those things where it's it's sort of you know this is like detective work um because you know obviously there's the only way to know is to ask the writers but like as we just discussed rachel and um aline or uh wrote the first three Uh uh-huh and then it was handed over to other people and frequently, I feel like when other when other people pick up the reins to write, they're good. They're talented. They write the characters well. Like if you're watching the show, you might not notice a difference, um, especially because there's, you know, a writer's room and there's input and that kind of stuff. But usually, yeah, somebody pens an episode and then it gets edited um, in this sense, I would think. They're writing the character that they perceive. And also some people have different writing styles and sometimes it's easier to like, make somebody more stupid it's like if you you know a, a, an example to cite is you know for all its ups and downs and blatant homophobia and and everything else friends um you know friends is a good example of a show that starts out with like kooky people but then by the end they're caricatures of themselves you know it's like right. and then although interestingly i feel like the final season maybe they kind of got back down to earth but like you end up where it's like the writers because what's ever fun i don't know if it's because that's what's funny to the audience or if it's just easier to write they end up writing a caricature version of a character instead of somebody who's a little bit more well-rounded so like as as the show you know went on and was handed on to different people they might have focused a little bit more on the goofy kind of idiot side of josh that was 
you know, sort of like, you know, the not really much ambition, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Surfer bro, um, California. He's yeah. like, he's like the stereotypical uh, East Coast view of a Californian. I feel yeah. like. And like, even though uh, when he and his friend, like when his friends talk about Josh behind his back, where like he was an idiot in high school, it's like, ah, uh, I can see that. I mean, it's to me, I'm only I only just really noticed that because I binged this, I have it fresh in my right. mind, and I'm like, oh, you you change a little, which happen it happens in all shows. Right. It's going to happen. Yeah, and it happens a lot with the characters in this show. Um not as much with Greg, um, but like Heather changes a little bit. Because I also sort of feel like it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we really like that character. We need to write more for her. Um, so she became a bigger a bigger part of it and was like, but her character went from like only ridiculously disinterested, sarcastic to like, you know. Mildly interested, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Mildly interested, sarcastic, but like with a little bit of inflection, you know, she like has inflection. Um, whereas mm-hmm. at the beginning, she doesn't have any inflection. Um, God, yeah. I love Heather. I love her so much. She's so brutal. She is that brutally honest friend that we all need. <laughs> um, I also see that Rachel Bloom and Alien Brosh McKenna wrote episode 15, which is the Dream Ghosts episode. So mm-hmm. like they get the strong one. They get they get it, obviously, because they created it, but like right. there's a lot of strong moments in the show. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, too, because that's the last one that they write for this for the season. And this is another thing where I like to put on my little detector detective well, hat. Well, because... I kind of let me let me correct you. This is the oh, last yeah, one sorry. they're credited for. Yes, the, it's the last one that they're credited for writing as the head writers for the episode. Um, other people are credited as the head the head writers for those for what, 16, 17 and 18. So part yes. of me, one like I look at that, you know, and I step back and get my little um, archaeology tools out, dust things. Um, and, I, you know, it's sort of like, well, I feel like maybe they wrote six or eight episodes and then they picked up the show and then they were like, yeah, OK, well, we need a team and we need to flesh it out. So there needs to be more because you could have ended the season one with her getting on a plane and going home. Um, and that would have been uh, like a cliffhanger mm. if it had ended there, you know, also because also if it hadn't had 15 episodes, you know, there are different things that would have grown or not grown. But like if you sort of subtract the episodes that they didn't write, the story still kind of stands. Um, but especially that one, like that would be a, a total like if I was pitching a show, that could be absolutely the way, you know, because what's interesting is that it's sort of like well that could be one way that it ends she just goes home or it could be you know you don't know what she's gonna do you know does she come back or not you know it's like you know so so that could have been a season a season ender um so i just think that's interesting and i would be curious to know um rachel if you're listening god i hope she is listening rachel if you're listening i love you uh, I love in, you. you know, a very, a very platonic, and I don't actually know you kind of way, but I just think you're. Uh, can we be your gaze? Humor is fantastic. Can we be your? No. Can we? Can we be your gaze? <laughs> I want to be one of sure. your gaze. No. Um, yeah. No. Um, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, do you, do you? What else do you want to say about the Dream Ghost? I I can tell that that's your favorite thing about the whole show. God, um, it's it's well. So I want to I want to actually say the the actress's name. Um. Michael Hyatt, who plays Dr. Noel Okopian. Like, this is the first time we hear her sing. And it's such a bop. But also, her as the dream ghost versus her as the Dr. Okopian. Like, we set up two very, two very different Okopians. Where, like, the the real world therapist is very, like, straightforward. Um, Sometimes she's witty with her humor but then in dream ghost like she's making faces she's doing weird shit and like i fucking love i love this song i love it like i don't know why (laughs) do you have dream ghosts probably 
I don't know. Yes, actually, yeah. yes, I do. There's. Oh, well, there you go. I'm not gonna lie. What rewatching this and also talking with Leonardo about the show, I've learned a lot about you know life and myself. So, <laughs> and you're gonna find out later. Uh, but Nick, is there anything else you wanna? Hmm, I don't. I feel like we did and we didn't talk about the season. It's just that there's so much, just so much in it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, I mean, we talked about the moments that stuck with us, but there's a ton of stuff. Okay, so happens. without you, we're going to pretend the other seasons don't exist. Okay? Okay. Okay. So with just season one alone, who do you I want Rebecca pretending. to... Do, who do you want Rebecca to end up with? Greg. Why? It's honestly how I felt. I remember when I watched it the first time, I was rooting for them. I think that they before things went to shit they brought out better aspects of each other um they like she you know rebecca started to make better decisions she was more in control of you know she like she wasn't leaning into any obsession she was you know and and with greg he was you know drinking less and not being such a you know sad sack and you know he started going to night school because she suggested it you know, it's like, um, it they just seem to be really good for each other, um, and you know, so I, and much more healthy, you know, because for, and for her because it was a healthy thing. It was new. It was somebody that she organically developed feelings for, mm-hmm. instead of starting from an obsession place, um, you know. So that that's sort of why you know that that's what I was rooting for. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. But th- also this time that I watched it, I was a little bit more back in the like, I, w- I had m- some moments at the end of like, oh, Josh, I hope, you know, it was like, you know, and it was sort of satisfying. And it's just, yeah, the season one cliffhanger is, is so wrenching. <laughs> yeah. It's well, so uncomfortable. That's, that's the cliffhanger because they're like, we got a season two, everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has to go. Yeah. They want to give you a more powerful cliffhanger for sure. I um, agree with you with yeah. uh, Greg because they um they act well together. Like the chemistry between the two of them feels more organic than her trying to push herself into Josh's life. Yeah. Um, if you know what it really, what it felt like, it felt like the, that trope of like, there are their kids on there in like elementary school on the playground and he's pulling her pigtails or something, you know, yeah. like, yeah, that's how it starts. And then it goes on from there. But like, well, yeah, because they're also both immature, even though they're adults. Um, so, you know, they're behaving in an immature way. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, and and like I'm, I also really like how Paula's relationship is grows, and it's because like a lot of the stuff that happens that's established in this episode is like it's because of Rebecca, like Rebecca is changing their lives for the good. Maybe who knows? Yeah, who knows? Because this is only season one. Uh. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Nick, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Fly at? Um, no, I think if there's other stuff, yeah, I think let's go into that and then there might be stuff that I think of. Awesome. Um, let's do it! Sharp Fly. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And I had a lot of trouble finding flats. And I'm going to say this every episode that we do this. But for you, Nick, I thought my theory behind the flats that I found is that they are genuine flats for me. Because there are other things that they do in the show on purpose. So, Mm -hmm. like, Trent being creepy, Uh that's on purpose. Or, or something happens and then like two minutes later they call it out and you're like i I understand so can we start with flats because i just want to get them over with yeah go ahead um 
uh, I didn't like, I, I want to flat Josh in episode one because okay. he seems kind of like a douchebag. Do you mean camp Josh or she meets on the street Josh? She meets on the street Josh. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. re-watching it for this, I was like, this isn't the Josh Chan that I know. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I know. I sort of felt the same way. Yeah. Like, I know I, I know I gave the excuse earlier about some moments being flat-worthy on purpose, but like that pole dance, oof. Mm. Oof. It's rough to watch. So yeah. I flatted it. And then my last flat is... Okay, even though we praised episode 15 which with the dream ghosts and everything, mm-hmm. I am flatting the casting couch joke that happens in it. Because mm. in one of the memory flashbacks that she goes on, she goes back to college and realizes that musical theater is where she was really happy, blah, blah, blah. But like the director that she hooks up with won't give her a good role because she won't sleep with him. And I'm like, right. that... Did we need that? Did did we need that in 2016 or whatever? When is this? Yeah. 2016? Yeah. So really, those are my flats because like I said, everything else that I <laughs> thought would be bad, it wasn't. It's like, yeah. it's actually pretty good. Uh, what were your flats, if you had any? I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really watch with an eye for that as much like nothing really jumped out as like oh this is unfortunate um i think the flats for me there was a little bit of i i mean i, I kind of want to flat paula's arc um at the end of the season where she gets so angry with rebecca for you know doing something different you know it's like and i and i get it and they explain it but i still I still kind of, you know, flat that a little, little bit because of, you know, it seems it seems more unstable than yes. Paula is, if that makes sense. Because Paula is not unstable; she's just gets caught up in things, and that seems unstable. Are um, you, in a way. are you are you specifically talking about after everything I've done for you that you didn't ask for? I mean, it, it's sort of the yeah. I mean, although I like that song. Um, but it's like the stuff that leads up to it and, and, you know, to, you know, well, and she I don't, acts it really well. It just is, but anyway, yeah. I don't want to say that you're flatting the song. I just want to say you're flatting no, no. the, yeah. the subtext or the, the text fact, really that yeah, we had to get that there. that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I flat that, um, I flat Dr. Phil a little bit. Just, I mean, I get it, but like. <laughs> I'm a flat Dr. Phil. At least he didn't um, sing. No, at least he didn't sing. Um so yeah, I'm gonna flat that. Um what else was there? Uh I I'm gonna flat that we didn't get a more satisfying uh wrap up with Audra Levine. Um I know why they did what they did. Um and you know the fact that it was like showing that Rebecca didn't need that validation and that you know she didn't care that Audra won and she let her win. I wanted to see some more humanity out of Audra Levine, um, but we didn't get any. Um, who knows? She may be on future episodes, future seasons. Who kn- who knows? Who, who knows? Who can tell? <laughs> who among us? Who, whomst can tell? Um, yeah. So um yeah, those are those are kind of my flats. I mean, I didn't really have any others. Um I kind of actually, you know what? No. I do I flat a little bit that it took us so long to find out that white Josh was gay. Like the you know, and you know, to the point where it's like, did the writers know or not know? Because we didn't the the first time that we find out that white Josh is gay is when he kisses Daryl on the cheek when he leaves. Mm-hmm. It's like in that episode. And we've had a lot of white Josh so far. And, you know, it's, I, I can also see, you know, to be fair, it doesn't have to be, you know, the converse, the topic of conversation all the time. And I've also been the gay friend in groups of straight friends before. So it's like, you don't, if you're surrounded by straight people, you don't talk about, you know, you don't make as many references or, you know, you don't have that sort of shared stuff to talk about. But like, it was just weird that it was, it was, it was like almost, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've always been curious about that. Like, did the writers not know? And then they just brought it up for that episode? Or did they like intentionally hide it so that it could be like a reveal? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. And it's a bit of a flat for me. Um, so, because I just want a gay from the start. Because <laughs> um, it's not like he was coming out, you know. Like he, the character was gay, and he he was gay. out already, and everybody knew about yeah. it. So we didn't. See but it him. never came up. It, it it never was discussed. You know, it was like I also, but like so, in a way, I kind of appreciate that that it's not. He's not gay, Josh. He's white, Josh. Right. Right. No. And that's, and that's sort of what I mean, where it's like that, like, and that's why I say like, you know, like I understand that and, you know, and that, and that does, it's not that I'm saying it's not believable. I just, you know, for me, I was sort of like, oh, well, could we have just known that he was gay? It would, you know, and it doesn't, it could have been a detail that was revealed in the first episode and never discussed again until it came up for that. Or the second, um, you know, just uh, earlier right. on earlier on i mean because like when they're introducing everybody you know it was like it's obviously you don't want them to be like and he's the gay one but like you know as we're establishing these characters you know but to be fair i i think my theory is that they you know he was just like a character that they hadn't put a lot of backstory or thought into and then as the season developed they were like oh yeah no let's do that with this let's bring the storyline in and Mm -hmm. you know and i'm glad that they did because I think that's great. Um, okay, let's. I have a ton of sharps for this. Great, go. <laughs> okay, uh, sharp number one: Rebecca's dress in West Covina. The when it turns into the fantasy moment, it's got it's got sparkles on it. <laughs> oh yeah, it. you mean when she throws off her lawyer coat? Yeah, um, when she, well, when she gets yeah. out into West Covina, and oh, it's like right. yes, it. it it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful cut, cut and color and all that. It, like everything's perfect. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's the gay in me coming out. Uh, I will also want to sharp Mrs. Hernandez. Or the costume professional. <laughs> I also want to sharp yeah. Mrs. Hernandez. Yeah. Fierce. Um, I also that, wrote down. That, yeah. I also wrote no, down. I was say that. <laughs> I I also wrote down Heather like with exclamation mark afterwards. Um, the asides in the songs we've talked about, you know, uh, cause they're just, they're always so funny when it's like breaking musical theater, like it's a musical theater trope, but it's also breaking musical theater tropes. <laughs> yeah. Um, a big sharp is the body inclusivity with the casting. The main cast is, is, is mostly in shape thinner people but like all the rest the rest of the town and the dancers and even like when we go to the courtroom and there's all these different people and sizes and ethnicities and this and that i'm like yes yes i i love the show for that because it as somebody who is bigger i could be like i could have been on this show if i you know auditioned and made it to the final rounds and all that uh but that's another story. Um, <laughs> I also want to sharp Paula's cupcake earrings. Uh, throughout the series, this, this season, excuse me, when she's not at work, she wears these little cupcake dangly earrings. And I was just like, that's a so cute little detail. Huh. Yeah. I did not notice that detail. Well, you also watched it at 1.5 speed, so... It did. So maybe they were dangling too quickly. Maybe they were too fast. Or blurry. Um, yes. I'm sharpening Dream Ghost, of course. Of course, why not? I'm also, but like, also, ep- the whole episode of episode 15. Uh, Josh has no idea where I am. That's where Dream Ghost is in. It was, such, I really loved that episode because this is the one where they brought Rebecca's mental health to the forefront more so than their other mm-hmm. ones. And so they were yeah. like, no, guys, this show is also about mental health. And it's also about, you know, how she's coping and working through things. Um, yeah. And then my, my last sharp is the sympathy balloon that Greg gets. <laughs> it's, unicorn Jesus. Yeah. Because yeah, 
that's the moment where I agreed with you. Like, I, I also was just like, they are so cute together. Because, like, it's quirky. It's fun. It's 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 yeah. the humor that the two of them have. So, yeah. and that was really all my sharps. Besides the whole thing. The whole gosh darn thing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my sharps would be specifically Mrs. Hernandez reprise. Um, oh. Of of yeah like that that whole moment that she has um the entire song without words was fantastic um oh my god that's amazing um it's like congratulations you get cast in a show you have zero lines and you're like well this is is a good thing because i don't have to memorize anything right but yeah um what else um i i should have i mean i should have written things down i gave you um, the yeah no i no, <laughs> no 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 i know i just like as i was watching you know it's like i sort of realized that i should be writing stuff down oh um yeah i think one of the sharps for me i already said this but the vampire weekend button um that they went through the trouble to film that whole little scene for a 15 second button was fantastic and it's just <laughs> such a satisfying payoff to like a throwaway joke earlier in the episode um it's just such a it's such a satisfying little little throwaway. So um, I also I like in they were super smart too in the first episode or two when, like when Paula was talking with um with Rebecca about Josh and then he would te- and then he would text her every time that that happened and she was like are you a witch? Um, <laughs> uh, it was just funny. Um so the timing I think the the timing for the show is really good everybody's comic timing. Um and the editing is I want to sharp the editing on this show. I think it's really good. Very well. Um yeah and the design too like all of the music videos not only because we talked about the genre changing for the songs but like whoever was you know visually directing these and who is you know um you know the all the you know the whole design team the production design um like you, you yeah you had like the katie perry song that looked like katie perry and then it also looked like Nicki minaj and then you had you know like the, the 80s hair metal each, yeah and so each one was shot in that style and edited and you know and like designed in that style and like it just it was i really like that aspect of it um what else do i want to sharp from see from this season um i mean that's all the things that are that are in my head because we've already sort of talked about most of them um because the whole thing is sharp um (laughs) right right isn't it difficult like it's difficult to really find flats and like right. you just I just want to sharp the whole thing the whole thing because like yeah. it's so yeah. funny and like it goes through every type of comedy you know there's yeah. there's visual yeah. gags there's the the rule of thirds there's the wit there's the outlandish yeah. it's yeah it's not just yeah. one type of show, one type of comedy show. Yeah, and it's also so. The, and there are two other things. These are super nerdy, um, but one of them is again about the design. I want to sharp the episode. It was the episode where Tova Felcher shows up um, at her apartment, and right before that, in the scene, like it was the way that it was shot, and it was subtle because you know she didn't she didn't like decorate her apartment um really, and you know she just had like a coffee table and the couch and the lamp and all that stuff, and you know it was just sort of that was the way that it had been in those other episodes but there was one shot of her like lying on the couch and the way that it was shot and framed it wasn't it was like normal and it was framed on the couch and on her but I had the thought in my head I was like wow that's really bare and the walls are empty you know and I was like just like so the it was so subtly framed and I had the thought about that and then she comes in and says why don't you put some art on the walls you know and it's just like so so i want to so there's some really good design eyes on the show and then um the other thing oh what was the second thing it was also really nerdy uh i don't remember it's gone i do have a a flat another flat that i just thought oh what's the flat so because this was on the cw there are some songs that they couldn't go as explicit as they wanted to but then they released mm. it because, okay, we've established that John likes to buy things from iTunes because that's what he does. Cause he's crazy <laughs> like that. 
Um, and so there are some versions of the song of songs that are like explicit where they say fuck and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah. either do it or don't send it out there. <laughs> so right. that's my flat. My I'm actually yeah. flatting society, putting putting <laughs> uh importance on the words fuck and shit. Because yeah. they're just words. Why do we care? Anyway. Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I like have. I mean, I think about I from time to time. I will think. I do think about face your fears, and I think about um, you ruined everything, you stupid bitch. Um, and having having gone back and watched it again, the the ones that I want to add to my playlist that I hadn't necessarily thought about adding before are Valencia's uh, "Girls Got to Stick Together." Yes. Um, Oh, and the other one that that you know, <laughs> um, you know, mental health awareness. Um, but like, there's the one of the um, you know, because any you know, slight moment of realness. Anybody who's like who was bullied as a kid, you know, I'll, you know, I feel like there are a lot of us in in the theater world that were. But you know, like I, so with that, the um, the I the I have friends song. <laughs> like stuck in like sort of stuck in a way where it's like you know i didn't i i actually did have friends you know but it was um it's not like you know i didn't but it's like there's just that aspect of that of the like that social anxiety that you develop you know and it's like if i have a party is anyone gonna come you know right. or if like if i have birthday drinks at a bar in manhattan are people going to come you know and some people seem to care about it some people don't some people care about it and keep it inside but it's like that like for whatever reason that song just sort of because it's super catchy and it also like had those like little barbs of like ah um that sticks in my head i don't think i'd add it to my life playlist but it's it's been forced upon my life's playlist oh Um, it's been in mine for years since it premiered yeah (laughs) um so i have friends i definitely have friends yeah objectively i have all the friends that's one of the best lines (laughs) so um, I anyway. wrote down, I'm so good at yoga. I have friends. Yes. Because the I have friends isn't because of my childhood. It's because of my current <laughs> adulthood. Ah. <laughs> Where I'm like, yes, I have friends, even though I never see them. Yes, I have yeah. friends. Um, I'm a good person. This is one that has an explicit version. And I prefer that one more. <laughs> okay personally um i i also wrote down women gotta stick together text emergency of course dream ghosts um heavy boobs heavy boobs is a good one heavy boobs is you need to listen to uh rachel bloom's pre crazy ex-girlfriend music because it it's one of those it would i have a feeling this was written during the youtube times yeah it because that it feels like that with uh the, the other songs that are available. Um, yeah, I also wrote down, Oh my god, I think I like you, which is a great, it's a good song, I'm not gonna lie. And it's yeah. such a relatable song. Um, yeah. and then one indescribable instant, yeah, I had I was to gonna really, say, I'm gonna add that on there too. I had to really limit myself because, like, I do listen to this music sometimes um, yeah but on that note nick we're done Woo. It. we did season one kind of we d- kind of we did bits of it we did <laughs> yeah we did the, big, we did the tip season. of the iceberg <laughs> yeah really i mean 18 episodes there's a lot that happens and there's a lot and unlike other shows cough glee cough uh there isn't really like an outlier any outlier episodes that you're like what why is this important all of the stuff that happens tells a complete story yeah yeah it's all it's all plot it's Mm -hmm. there's no fill you know there's like every once in a while there's an episode with a plot that's contained entirely within but most of the stuff is carryover but then that all but then that contained episode informs a future the next episode yeah 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 uh but what do you have again to plug or promote 
Um, yeah, my social is my name and in, in Instagram. Um, uh, I uh, don't use Twitter, really, but I have one. Um, and yeah, that's that. Um, oh, yeah, no, the musical that I'm writing. But again, that's not pluggable yet because it's still being written. Will that eventually um, be, will that. you eventually promote that on your Instagram? Oh, when it, yeah, when it's a thing and it's, yes. we have something to promote. Yeah. So everyone um, stay tuned to this musical that Nick is alluding to that he's <laughs> right, writing just the music or yeah. are you doing lyrics as well? No, just music. Uh, and if you, I mean, I know we glossed over a lot of things, but if there was something that you felt was really important that we should have messaged, we, we should have mentioned Tell me, email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, yeah. Why is this your favorite show of all time? Ha ha! <laughs> and if you want to be <laughs> part of next episode's conversation, well, guess what, everyone? We're doing season two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Shocker, I know. Woo! But with a different guest. Ooh, <sighs> ah. Nick, thank you Just so much. Just like the theme songs. Yes. <laughs> what uh nick thank you so much for popping by again we'll have you mm-hmm. come back soon maybe who knows maybe who knows uh and and bye for now everyone yes special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend.